Hey, this is Steve Balton. You're here on My Turning Point. And, you know, most people, when they think of Johnny Marr, they think of guitar. But really great conversation with him this week on songwriting. So hope you enjoy this one as much as we did. Really fun talk about everything from John Lennon and Bob Marley to his love of the Kinks and Ray Davies and his favorite singers. Hope you enjoy this one as much as we did. Um, yeah, it's going all right. How are you? <laughs> one of those mornings, but it's always good to catch up with you, dude. How you been? Hey, how are you, man? Good. I was just saying that, you know, you always appreciate talking to me because I've never asked you about that other guy once, but every single time we talk, I ask you about Matt Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that's right. Well, the other guy doesn't play the guitar, so who cares? <laughs> How you been, dude? I'm okay. You know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. If truth be told, I got COVID a few weeks ago and, um, uh, yeah, maybe about a month ago. I, I was surprised how it kicked my ass, you know, I mean, it's, uh, that, that, that was weird. So I, you know, as soon as you asked, that was, that was a, that was a surprise. And, and that, that thing's nasty, you know, but, uh, you know, cause some of my I, friends. I literally are, am waiting on results right now. Oh, really? Um, yeah. so, right. You, you think you might have it? I've just been feeling like shit the last two days, but, uh, hopefully not. So wait, were you fully, cause one of my good friends, are you still in the UK right now? Yeah. Yeah, one of my really close friends lives in the UK. She just got it, and she was fully boosted, but it yeah. fucked her up bad. No, no really. Uh, well, I've got a lot of friends who are like, oh, I had a cold for three days. It was a little light flu. First day was horrible. Then then it just was annoying, and I just sat on the on the, on the the sofa reading, reading magazines. Literally, one of my friends was saying that, and, and that was it. I just, you know, it was fine. Well, no, it... it, it and I'm a fairly healthy person, you know, I'm as healthy as I can be, I guess, you know, I don't, don't drink booze and I don't smoke. I'm a fucking saint, man. And, uh, and it really knocked me out, knocked me sideways. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, because I am healthy. I've no idea how this thing works. I mean, it just depends on what, how heavy you get it. I think it just depends on what kind of amount you, you catch it. Yeah. And that's the thing that it's, it's funny for me, I've managed to make it through all of this time without getting it, which at this point kind of makes me a unicorn unless I have it now. And I've been out, I've done stuff, but it's like part of the reason I've been so hesitant on, on you know, I've been so paranoid about it is because everybody, it hits everybody so different, dude. There's no like, there's no rhyme or reason. I know people who were very, one of my really good friends, he got it. He's like, yeah, I was sick for a day. Then my friend, like I said, yeah. was fully boosted in the UK. She was fucking laid out for a week. So, but thankfully it seems like you're feeling better now. Yeah, no, I'm good, thanks, Steve. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, it's interesting, though. I mean, so was that the first time that you had it during all of this? Yeah, yeah, I just had it maybe um, about four weeks ago, uh, and I was laid out for a couple of weeks. It's still hanging around now, but yeah, it was. So I didn't during the making of the album managed to avoid it uh, for the whole two year period. Uh, you know, stayed well, thank thank God, and. Um, you know, and, and you know, was able to work on the album. Uh, that's that just took up all of my time. Uh, I, I, you know, I am aware of this phrase, uh, work-life balance, but it means fucking nothing to me, man. You know, it means well, what I was me. laughing just... about is one of the most recurring things I've been talking about with artists of late is how prophetic things seem to be, and especially this seemed to be true for a lot of artists. 
during the making of records during COVID because a lot of people started making records before COVID and you would talk about isolation. And then of course you come into this. So why I'm laughing is you title a record Fever Dreams and then don't get COVID until after, you know? Yeah, but also, you know, but I titled the album Fever Dreams before COVID, before the That's lockdown. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a strange, it was a very, very strange thing. I also, uh, maybe because of the title, uh, maybe it's just a kind of penchant I have anyway for what I'm interested in. I, I, I was, I was aware that I was about to start leaning into the sort of the business of, of psychology a little bit or, or, or a perception or consciousness to be a little bit kind of fancy about it. Um, I, 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 I tend to, uh, avoid, turning myself into a a quote-unquote confessional songwriter just because I just don't need to do this. It's never been my bag, you know. Uh, And I think the world needs other kinds of singers and and lyricists. However, uh, you know, I got just got to the stage, okay, this is my first, this is my fourth album now. And something inside me, you know, knew that I'm going to have to start really talking about the business of being a human being really and this the predicament of the you know of of what it, what it is what it means to be a person and estrangement really a bit you know a big part of it was estrangement estrangement from each other and estrangement from ourselves and then of course uh, the lockdown happened and so uh you know uh, I, I didn't want to make and I, I didn't want to make a a, a specific lockdown record I, I i wasn't about to start singing about vaccinations or about um, stores being closed or anything like that but i i, I had plenty of uh, opportunity to to think about um, what it was like being a person in, in a weird time i mean i may have may have sung those same kind of words regardless of the lockdown you know i mean but you know thinking of things like on spirit power and soul it's lyrics like lay awake too long, dark has come, hope, um, um, dark has come, hope has gone. Uh, I think, you know, or on, uh, on all these days, there's a lyric, um, drinking with my shadow, escape the sensory, another day tomorrow, tomorrow endlessly. There's, there's quite a lot of references to uh, worrying and, uh, you know, cri- I suppose existential crisis, for want of a better term. And, but the, I, off, but I, I tend to, balance it with uh, a sort of idea of hope really because that's just kind of my nature and I, I don't know I think I think a, 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 a balanced song is a good song I think absolutely there's no question but it's interesting for you I want to go back to this for a second man and it's funny I mean well okay I talk about this with everyone right and and again I think this is where the prophetic nature comes in it's interesting because you say you typically didn't want to be a confessional songwriter but look as you start to open up Good songwriting by nature is subconscious. And, you know, I especially love the nature of the idea of songs being subconscious when you title a record Fever Dreams because, you know, there you're really tapping into the subconscious. So were there things on this album that really surprised you lyrically once you got into them? Yeah, there was. There was, yeah. Um, Well, you know, I deliberately sang Every Day is a Fever Dream uh, when the lockdown happened because that, so for example, because I wanted to let everybody know that I was I wasn't just talking about nocturnal events, you know. Uh, it wasn't just about while you're asleep, 
you know, life is, is like a fever dream. That, that was what I was trying to say. But to answer your question, um, yeah, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a fair amount of paranoia in there, you know, uh, there's, so there's a song lightning people, uh, which I, I just, I just had this title lightning people and I know a, a good song title when I hear one, you know, and, um, uh, and I wrote that kind of backwards because sometimes as you might imagine, I've got a guitar and I'll come up with a chord change and then a tune and then I write lyrics to go with it by it and then find a title. But in this case I had the title first and then, as a concept. But the idea of that is really is I'm imagining someone in like maybe in uh, living in a, a shack somewhere, literally a shack like they, they used to be in the late forties in the Midwest or the South of America in hundreds of acres of uh, desolate farmland with one of those insane storms coming and not being out of sleep you know uh, i can't sleep static sheets tries cries that put me on my knees as a metaphor for uh for for the i guess the you know the rise of the right wing really that's what it's about you know it's about impending the light you know the lightning people is uh is is the lightning people is the good guys for me you know and it's a kind of like this people who are socially minded soulful people that's why the song sounds like a soulful jam you know so uh which i wouldn't have done on any of it so far um you know i made sure that the song sounds like it was in a way it was recorded in muscle shoals in 1973 or something like that uh and that is nothing like any of the other solo records so the you know when i wrote that there's definitely a paranoia in there uh this idea of the impending lightning, you know, impending storm coming, but grabbing the lightning, bottling the lightning and not giving you empowerment. You know, there's one of the things about being a, a songwriter, as you'll know, uh, I've been taught to so many over the years is you, you know, you can wrap up a sort of quite a serious idea in a, in a fairly uh, a cheery tune. So the song night and day, which on the face of it is a kind of almost like a kind of disco sort of pop song is is you know really i just want to breathe in the hot spots you know um so much shell shock to me call the gods please uh I, i'm right i was writing directly about what i was seeing coming out of the washington and the black lives matter movement and george floyd but it's i, I but you know you want to be poetic about it you want to give people a good listen so you know uh you know i'm, I'm not I mean, Joe Byers could do a different thing in 1965, but uh, it's not really what I do. So there's, I enjoy hiding serious ideas in seemingly flippant, obscure nonsense. Well, it's <laughs> funny because you say Joan Byers could do a different thing in 65. And look, man, I mean, to me, I always think of, as you're talking about this, I always think of Lenin as being the best at doing at merging the two worlds but when you talk about the flippancy immediately my mind goes to ray davies who are those artists that you really look to or you admire or that you enjoy the way that they're able to convey a message in because look conveying a message in a great pop song 
is a really fucking difficult skill. That is something that, you yeah. know, it, it's well, like, well, you look at like a Marvin Gaye, what's going on? That might be, the reason that's considered the greatest song of all time is because, you know, you could be six years old, hear that song, and it sounds so good, you have no idea what it's about. And then you hit 20 and you're like, holy shit, I didn't know he was talking about racism and poverty and death and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, I mean, you, men you mentioned Ray Davis. He's, he's really possibly my favorite actual singer. I have about four or five singers whose voices I really like. Uh, and Patti Smith would be another one. Pete Shelley from Buzzcocks is, is one. Uh, and the young Lou Reed and the early Velvet stuff. Uh, all of these people have got, uh, you know, not tra traditionally not technically fantastic voices, but I, I just really love what they communicate and their attitude and what they do with that voice. So they're people who really inspire me as singers. Um, but funny enough, you know, we mentioned John Lennon, that the, the, the closing song on the album is called Human. And um, uh, I deliberately set about writing that song when everything else was written. And uh, I felt like, I was, come on, Johnny, you need to sing something really sincere and earnest. And it would be good to... Uh, uh, it would be good to close the album with our kind of overview of, of uh, or a feeling of, of what it is to be a person. I didn't know it was called human, but I had the tune. And it was the last thing, as I say, that I, on my to-do list. Uh, I don't know whether you've heard this story, but um, so uh, I, I, I kind of knew that if I could, if I could pull it off, it'd be, it would be a good, a good thing. So I, I gave myself the weekend to, 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 to write the words on this song. I had my acoustic and uh, it was a beautiful Saturday morning and I was walking in and out of the house and um, I was working on this song and everything I did was like slightly trying too hard and it wasn't simple enough and it was a little self-conscious. And I thought, well, who's the best? Uh, who does this better than anyone? Who writes really direct songs about being a person and I thought okay John Lennon and Bob Marley so I everyone, we've all got Beatle books no one doesn't have Beatle books in the house so I pulled out a couple of Beatle books and I, I just opened photos of John Lennon and I just let, left them around and I, I was chipping away at the song and it was going okay it was going okay and then uh, around about six in the evening the there's a the doorbell goes and it's a package from Yoko Ono. Uh, a beautiful package. Uh, Yoko Ono doesn't send me packages every week. I still don't know how she got my address. Uh, and um, I'm, I might have, have the card here somewhere. But um, she, anyway, she sent me the Plastic Ono band box set and, uh, and a beautiful card that was along the lines of, um, are you there, Steve? Yes. Okay. I'll yes, I can hear vision. you. I just have another call that I'm ignoring. So. <laughs> okay. So yes. uh, yeah. this beautiful card, this beautiful card with this sentiment that said, um, "This comes from a time when John and I were really uh, were trying to be brave enough to be simple and simplistic and talk about what it is to be a human." And um, and then I and I I wrote this. I, I, it gave me the juice. I, of course. I, I thought, of course, I thought it was a sign, and uh, 
it gave me the juice to finish the last song on the album, which is called Human. And it's, and I'm very proud of that song because uh, I, I don't know whether it's exactly what you were talking about, but it, 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 I was able to do what uh, I was trying to do. Well, I was trying to do it my way anyway, which was uh, uh, get a feeling across about uh, what it is to be a human being striving. I know it's it's many things with being a human being, but there's a there's a feeling about uh, about trying, and uh, and the language is very very simple in the in the song. So uh, I have to really thank Yoko for that. Yeah, that that album is in my top five albums of all time. It always has been. It's it's you know it's such an incredible record and the emotion on it. And it's interesting because as you say. It's not something that you would normally do. So do you feel like, I talk about this with a lot of people too. Look, I don't care who you are. As you get older, you know, you get more comfortable, you get more confident and you also just give a shit less what people think. So do you feel like that allows you as a songwriter on this record to maybe try some different things to maybe put yourself out there in a more vulnerable way than you typically would? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I, I think you're right. I think everything you're saying is right. As you get older, you 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 do give less of a shit about what people think. Although I, um, you know, I've been, you know, I started making these little tapes of songs and uh, and when I was eleven or twelve, uh, just doing these like Mark Boland knockoffs. And then when I got to like fourteen, fifteen, and I had a little cassette machine that I could overdub on, I was I was then trying to, uh, you know, make trying to perfect the art of what is, you know, making records, right? So I do, so I, as a, as a man, I definitely give less of a shit about people, about what people think who are in my world, uh, in a way that maybe, you know, uh, I used to when I was younger, but I, because I was that kid at 11, 12, 13, 15, um, it is still very important to me that it's a good listen. You know, so I care about that. I mean, obviously, I know you're not suggesting otherwise, but that still matters very much to me that it's a good listen. And uh, I guess, you know, that, you know, it's been 40 years now since I've been making records and people still are interested in what I'm doing. Uh, I I think I've got the balance right of of caring enough, really. Uh, But... In terms of lyrics, you, I think just as if you're a mature, if you're an adult, uh, I think you have more, uh, I just think you've got more conviction and you, you, you've got, uh, you, you, you are more, um, more kind of solid in your philosophy, I think. You know, it does feel a little more hard earned, you know. I don't want to say wisdom, but, uh, because I would never be a confessional songwriter, but this stuff we're talking about, like getting across human feelings, uh, for me, it, it has to be poetic as well. That's why I like people like Paul Simon, uh, because words are so interesting. Uh, you know, I don't want to sit on a porch with an acoustic guitar and make a record in a cabin and just say how, I'm, how, how fucked up I am because my, my partner's left me. I don't want... that. That's... That's not a decent enough listen for me. No. Yeah. Well, it's funny because then you say that I think about a song like 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover and that's such a fun way <laughs> to do yeah. that. I mean, you know, 
But yeah, it's yeah. interesting for you, but you're right. It has to be a good listen. And this is what I was getting at earlier with a song like What's Going On is, you know, look, the best political songs are the songs that are palatable or the songs that are best social conscious. And again, I always look at someone like Lennon who did that so well. So it's interesting for you on this record though, did it feel also, because look, the last few years have been shit. The, the world has just been, you know, I mean, I don't know how it was. I Actually, I know for you guys with Brexit, you know, you have a lot of similar issues to what we had here. And then you follow oh, yeah. that up with COVID. And it's like, you know, so did it become important as well to put out songs that maybe were a little bit more in trying to, maybe a little bit more earnest, maybe a little bit more open, just to kind of, yeah. as an artist, to let people know, fuck, dude, you actually, you can't survive this because I know the world right now sucks. Yeah, well, that's, so many songs are doing that, uh, Steve. So many songs, Night and Day is doing that. Um, you know, I, I, you know, the, the you know, the, the lyrics, if you look at the lyrics of Night and Day, you know, when I feel I'm breaking up and I've seen, seen too much, um, I feel I'm breaking up, just want to breathe in the hot spots, you know. Um, uh, but but the chorus resolves in a very positive way, like it's going to be over soon, new night and new day, new kind of new ways, new times and new days, let's dance a new ways, one for you and one for me. And then it's like, you know, um, the red and blue, the red and blue days, one for you and one for me. Obviously, that's like Republican and Democrat. I mean, I, I, I like it's a political song, but as I said earlier, it's it's hidden in in a kind of a disco pop song, really, which is cool to me because as it's I get to to do both. And I worked that was what I was working on as a lyricist a lot on the, on the album. You know, there's pretty much what you asked. Really, there's there's a lot of hope in it, but I, I do have to I do have to sing about the. What it is is that I, I, I imagine people in my audience and I imagine some of the things that occur to me in my interior world that occur to them also. Or I imagine them up late, 11.30 at night, kids have gone to bed, husband's gone to bed, and you're halfway through the second bottle of wine because you're worried about whether your business is going to stay, stay happening. Uh, that's, that's what's going on in, in all of these days. There's a lot of songs about about women and it's been pointed out I, I didn't mention it first but it has been pointed out there's quite a few songs that are kind of female relatable uh, on Ariel is another one and um, Human as I mentioned you know there's a few because there's a lot of women who, in my audience and, and I, you know they, they feel like they know me and they, they're nearly right you know and I feel like I know them you know they come with their fellas and they they like guitars and yeah, this is you know I've, I've got this this been going with my audience now over 10 years that uh, that I really like. You know, they're interesting people. They've, they've, they've got a, a certain kind of sensibility about them, generally. You know. well, I was going to say that as well, because it's interesting, as you say, that also, you've been making music for 40 years. So, you know, a lot of these people have grown up with you. And so it's interesting. Yeah. Do you find as well that, you know, look, you're feeling... And you, you know, especially now in this day and age of social media, you get to interact with them so much, or there's, you know, there's so much more conversation that you find there's an identity in that, you know, look, there's an empathy. They have a lot of the same problems you do. You've grown up together. You look at the kids who listened to you in 1985. They're now in their, you know, 40s, 50s. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So obviously I'm aware that my lifestyle uh, is is uh, probably not, 
is unusual, the actual lifestyle part of it. But as a, as a human being, yeah, I, I do think we, we go through sort of similar things. Uh, what, so again, it's that same song, it's this, this disco pop song, which I, but you know, uh, um, so much TikTok to me, stop the clock, please. I mean, I'm imagining that these people in my audience who I relate to see TikTok and go, what the fuck is the world coming to? You know? And, um, you know, um, and this, the, you know, whether, you know, hey, look, I, I like lots of things about the modern world um, and I, I can't wait for lots of new things that I've not yet encountered in the modern world and advances in technology and and dare I say, progress. But uh, I know that, to answer your question, you know, that uh, as a good question, that, yeah, there are, there are people who have grown up with me who are going, really? Do we really need this? Do we need this? Do we need this? Some things, great, bring it on. But, uh, you know, uh, I try and adapt as a person and as an artist. Uh, I think you have to. And I think there's a challenge in that. And in some ways, that's quite exciting. Just even on a on a day to day level, like with the technology, you know, as a musician now, the technology is really interesting. Uh, I love guitar technology, and you know, I've been running bands since I was a kid, and it's it's uh, really really good. Uh, I, I love the way that's gone, but um, but with that comes a price, you know. There comes estrangement from each other. I mean, I you know, I'm not, for example, I'm a very sociable person, and uh. But I'm not. I'm not really entirely sure that we should always be connected to each other. Anyway, you know, I'm just not sure that it's a good. It's not to the point where it prohibits any any um, solitary time entirely. You know, so things like that. Uh, maybe people in my audience like that. I'm the same as them when I think about these things. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. You know, and it's interesting though, because for you as a songwriter as well, it's funny. I like the way that you worded it. I'm not sure we should entirely be connected to each other all the time. Well, I'm entirely sure that we should not fucking be connected to each other all the time. <laughs> but for you as a songwriter, talk about the importance of having that time. <clears throat> and this comes into something I talked about with so many artists. Look, the weird thing about COVID was it forced everybody, like you say, the lifestyles were forced everybody to change the lifestyle. Didn't matter who you were. If you were David Guetta, he told me about having his first summer vacation with his kid in 12 years. Lucas Nelson, you know, look, dude, he grew up with his father, literally wrote the freaking anthem for being on the road again. But, you yeah. know, he was like, we would have dinner every night together at 530 for the first four months of COVID because we couldn't go anywhere. So I think for every artist, it really forced a substantial life change. So for you, what were the biggest couple of changes that you took out of it that you want to, you know, take out going forward? Well, without, uh, okay, well, with, with, without, uh, uh, you know, uh, paying due credit to my incredible band who I've had for 10 years and who are my pals, uh, I, I went back to writing so many of the parts, if not all of them myself, you know, uh, I, and, um, and, it's one of the reasons why the record is the way it is, you know, and I, I was asked about technology. Some people think that I'm maybe self-referencing what I was doing in the nineties because there's some synths on there, but really it's, it's, it's because I found myself in a room on my own and with all of this software that I bought over the last few years, I went, well, okay, let's see what this shit does. So, uh, that happened. And, um, 
And I, I guess the other, the other thing was I, I had plenty of time to read, which I've been trying to do a lot because I've been on the road for since Modest Mouse, since 2005. Like it seems like it's been 17 years or 15 years and whatever of just touring and touring and touring. Modest Mouse, the Cribs, and the solo stuff. We've been a big prolific touring band, and um, you know, you you really, especially the front man. As the front man, I, I get less downtime now, uh, and um, uh, so all of us of a certain, you know, uh, temperament want, when you get to a certain point in your life, you're like, oh, I just, you know, I would really love to, to, to read this stack of books that I have amassed now. So I really, I really got into, I got into the business of reading a lot. You know, I, I got back into Joan Didion and Susan Sontag and Colin Wilson and, and I read an awful lot about Vedanta, so much about, you know, about, you know, Vedanta, Hinduism and Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads and really got super, super into my meditation, which I've been doing for 20 odd years. But I guess that's, I'm not trying to telegraph it on the album cover, but that is the way I kind of was, was playing my guitar a lot, you know. So, yeah, I've never really thought about that until now, but it was a lot, of, it was a lot of, a, a, a lot of programming, a lot of demoing. And a lot of reading and a lot of meditating and yeah. So it's interesting when you go back and hear this record, then do you hear and again going back to the idea of good writing being subconscious, are there literary references that you hear in here that maybe surprise you or that you think or like you didn't think of at the time and then you come back and like, okay, I do hear a little bit of Joan Didion in there, yeah. I hear a little bit of, you know, whatever it is that you read. Yeah, no, sure. No, there is, there is. And I, I try and do it, you know, as much as I can, I try and do it deliberately. You know, there's things like Dali said to Duchamp is in this song, The World, you know, uh, and, um, you know, the, I think uh, stealing energy, some for you, some for me is, is a Joan Didion line, um, which is in spirit, power and soul. You know, um, I, I'll just tell you this because I, you, you know, I think you might be someone who might get it, but, um, with, with the first song, Spirit, Power and Soul, before the pandemic and before I even started writing the album, at the end of the last tour, I, I thought it'd be a cool thing for me and my audience if I, if I was able to come up with a, an electro kind of banger. And um, often as a songwriter, you get these enthusiasms and you get ideas and you get concepts and sometimes they don't work. You know, you might be like, oh, I want to do a piano song with an orchestra. I want to do something like Sounds Like Waterloo Sunset. And, you, you know, it doesn't always work. Damon Albarn's very good at doing that. He's got a great discipline at being able to follow that through. But with me, if I'm not feeling it within the 16 bars, I just go off on my thing. But uh, with Spirit, Power and Soul, I, I really crafted that as the opening single. And I wanted it to be the opening song, even though it, it spins some people out because it's like, oh, he's gone electro. Uh, but... Um, when they might be expecting, I don't know, fucking how soon is now or this charming man or something. But um, uh, I, the the title and the hook was the very last thing to come, and I knew that I was, I I, I wanted to have this thing that was like electro soul, electro soul, and I had all the lyrics for the rest of it, but I didn't have the hook. And uh, I woke up at like four thirty in the morning after redrafting it and redrafting it and uh, half awake going spirit power and soul is that if there isn't a song called spirit power and soul then there better be uh, or there's about to be 
And I was so happy, you know, and I was like, really? There, there isn't a Curtis Mayfield compilation album called Spirit, Power and Soul? That can't be. Uh, so, because I had this idea of uh, trying to come up with this electro soul, I thought it'd be, you know, conceptually, I thought I was quite amused that an indie rocker from the north, the rainy north of England could try and like come up with this thing called electro soul. Uh, so when I, when I, I came upon it, I was delirious. I was so happy because so many times... Uh, lyrically, you know, I'll write a song and I'll be super happy. Then three hours later, I'm just like, nope, back to the drawing board. Uh, you know, you'll know what that is. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I was up and singing it in in the middle of the night, and came up with it. But uh, yeah, electro soul. I kind of dug it. I thought it was cool. All right, <clears throat> I like the idea though that you thought it would be a Curtis Mayfield album title though as well. So I mean, you know. What, what's what's yeah. the greatest, I don't know if you can answer this question, I don't know if I know how to word this because I'm a little brain dead from the cold, but what's the greatest Curtis Mayfield song never written? What's that one song that you imagine in your mind is a Curtis Mayfield song that he didn't get to do? Well, Since you titled The Greatest Hits Collection. Well, you know that song, I, I don't know whether it's... it's um, Oh my, my brain's gone. You know, uh, but I don't know whether it's, was it was it the impressions. What was his the band before he went solo in Chicago? Curtis Mayfield, the impressions. Yeah, yeah. the impressions. Yeah. yeah, you've got to have soul. You've got to have soul. And but it's not a Curtis Mayfield song. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. If you, um, so uh, that comes to mind. You that Curtis Mayfield didn't have a song called "You've Got to Have Soul." Okay. Now just looking this up. Interesting. All right, so now let's take to this, this to the stage and wrap up. You know, what songs from this record are you most excited to do live? Okay. Um, Spirit, Power, and Soul, as we've discussed. Human, as we've discussed. Uh, Ariel. Uh, and um, Ghoster. Because musically could kind of go out there a little bit, I think. So I'd say those, I'd love to do Lightning People, but I'd need about eight brothers and sisters from all over the world to sing it. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'd need, but uh, yeah, I, and there's a song called The Speed of Love, which at some point would be really great to tackle. I, that's got that's a really vibey song. It's kind of erotic. Well, I was trying to make it as erotic as possible, so that would be cool. Cool. What do you want to add? I didn't ask you about. Um, do you know what you asked me? It was interesting. I appreciate it. It was good. You asked me songwriter questions. That's great. Oh, I'll tell you what. I, what I'll, I'll ask because it's a tradition, Steve. Um, have you seen the, the the comeback film? From the Albert Hall? No, but I did see the tour. Oh, you saw and the I tour? And I did get to interview Matt, finally. Oh, you did? Oh, great. He's funny, right? And here, you'll appreciate the story that it was really funny because, you know, the first time I interviewed Matt, right? Okay, I don't know if you can see this from here. This tattoo you will recognize, of course. Oh, wow. Amazing. Yeah. So I got that when I was 26. The first time I interviewed Matt, I hit it. Because I thought I was afraid he would think that, again, this comes back to what we were talking about getting older. I was afraid he would think I was some psycho fan. Yeah. 
17, 18 years later, when I got to interview him again, I told him about that tattoo and he was cracking up because I told him about the fact that I hid it as well. <laughs> because I was like, ah, I thought, you know, but now who gives a shit? And he loved it. So, oh, good, man. Yeah. Good. It's good to Yeah, I don't know. Great I mean, show. have you guys ever thought about, uh, you know, that's an album that to me deserves an anniversary tour? Wow, that's an idea. Yeah, well, Dusk was, was is, you know, I was a, I'm so glad that I got to make that record. Uh, we did this song, I don't know whether you heard it, called you, We Can't Stop What's Coming. Uh, and that was the comeback single, on, and I played guitar on it. I was so pleased to play behind Matt's voice. Check it out, it's a really good song. Um, you can't stop what's coming. And uh, yeah, you know, well, he called me about, which is very sweet of him. He called me up to ask me, you know, out of, I guess out of courtesy, because you know I'm busy doing my thing, you know. He said, hey, look, I, I, I've got to ask you, you know, do you want to come and do this? And straight away, I was like, I know the guy. I know exactly the guy that you need in the there right now. He, get Barry Cadogan in there. He's, I'm telling you, he, on every level, he ticks every box and more boxes in, than you even think you need tick, ticking. And I was right. Barry's amazing. He's perfect for that band. So it all worked out fine. Yeah. Well, obviously, you've got your stuff and you're enjoying doing the front stuff. And yeah, I saw them at the Palladium. It was, you know, especially as a fan, it was, you know, amazing to see, you know, him again, like to see them up there again. Yeah. 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 Hey, man, how cool is that? I think it's like 16 years, maybe 18 years where he, he hasn't done a show. He hasn't done a show and then he just gets up and just kind of kills it. You know, no singing lessons, no fucking gurus, no nothing. Just off he goes. You know, just amazing. So yeah, he's a, well, you know, well, we'll have to save this conversation until next time, Steve. Yeah, dude, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the time. And uh, yeah. Thank you, man. Stay, stay well. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to My Turning Point with special guest Johnny Mark. Why choose proven quality sleep from Sleep Number? Because our Sleep Number 360 smart bed is really smart. It senses your movement and automatically adjusts to help keep you both comfortable. Plus, it's temperature balancing so you stay cool. It's even smart enough to know exactly how long, how well, and when you slept. And to help you get almost 30 minutes more restful sleep per night. Sleep Number takes care of the science. All you have to do is sleep. And now, during our Memorial Day sale, save $1,000 on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed Queen now only $19.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. If you're a parent with cancer, you're probably worried that your child is feeling scared, sad, or alone, when all you want is for them to just feel like a kid. Camp Kesem is a free week-long overnight camp for children ages 6 to 18 who have a parent facing cancer and was created for kids like yours to have a joyful and empowering summer. Kids have a blast together enjoying camp activities, surrounded by a compassionate community of friends. Register your child for a free life-changing adventure at kesem.org camp. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 